Hello friends, welcome to our fourth and final week of our online practice group called Four Arenas. The arena we'll be focused on this coming week is centered on comfort zone expansion work. We all have a personal comfort zone, a set of elements and factors in our external and internal environment that enable us to operate in ways that are both familiar and feel good. Not only does it make sense to have a comfort zone, but in my way of thinking, it's necessary to ensure optimal functioning. Knowing what conditions are involved in crafting our own personal comfort zone and learning how to embrace channel and utilize them is a potent aspect of self-awareness, growth, and healing. So what I'm saying is having a comfort zone is not only not a bad thing, but it's actually a really helpful, useful thing. Sometimes we automatically think having a comfort zone is inherently bad, but in my view, that's not the case. There are at least two ways, however, that I can see where things can and often do go awry when it comes to our comfort zone. One is when we get in the habit of meticulously grooming and manicuring our comfort zone on a regular basis. And two is when we sort of stall out in our comfort zone meaning we're not actively working on stepping outside of it very often. From my own personal experience, I strongly believe that personal growth, transformation, and healing cannot take place inside of our comfort zone. These things can only take place outside of it. Okay, so... If you're paying close attention, you just heard me say that embracing our comfort zone is important for growth and healing, and stepping outside of it is important for growth and healing. Both of these statements are true. While it may be hard to wrap our minds around this, if we can loosen our intellectual grip a little bit and allow this information to sort of saturate down into our system a little deeper, we may be able to see that both of these things are possible. They are not mutually exclusive. I love my comfort zone. I visit and hang out in it super often. I know it contributes to it, and I foster those things in my daily life. And I turn to my comfort zone intentionally when I'm feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or struggling. And I also know that my own personal growth and development depends on me stepping outside of my comfort zone. The way that helps me to think about this is to see myself as having this inner discomfort meter. And now you can see the image I uploaded here on SoundCloud that accompanies this talk uh, that shows my drawing of what this meter might look like. So I picture an actual meter with a dial for myself. And displayed on this meter are areas with a range of settings 
low, medium, and high. When a stimulus happens that causes discomfort, my dial pings somewhere on the meter. Now it's important to note that while each of us has a discomfort meter, each one is geared differently. So they react to different stimulus and our dial pings at different levels and at different times for different reasons. So no two people will have the same experience with their meter, even if they encounter like the same exact thing at the same exact time. Okay, so for myself, I've identified that an example of something on average that pings on the low side of the meter for me is sitting in a bare metal folding chair. That act for me, generally speaking, involves a low level of discomfort. An example of something that often clocks in higher on the meter for me is group singing. <laughs> now I'm laughing because it is funny, but it's also real. Um, <laughs> so I love to sing. I sing a lot on my own. Like singing in my car uh, to music is one of my favorite things to do. I also enjoy listening to others sing. But I do not enjoy casual group singing, as in singing together as a group. Which, by the way, we do a fair amount of here at Deer Park Monastery, where I am currently residing. I've identified for myself that if when something happens... And I think or say to myself, hmm, I'm not so sure about this, or something to that effect. It's often an indicator that something just activated my dial on the meter somewhere in the low range of the spectrum. If I think or say to myself, okay, I'm really not a big fan of this. It's often an indicator that I'm pinging in the medium range. And if I think or say to myself, absolutely not. It probably means my dial is pinging in the high range. In the low range for me, whatever is happening is really not a big deal. It's relatively easy to endure. In the medium range, I don't like what's going on, but I can put up with it for a certain amount of time. And in the high range, I feel like I really need to get the heck out of wherever I am. Another aspect of honing our awareness in regards to our own discomfort meter is to develop an understanding that different things affect what pings where on the meter. In other words, something that pings in a low range one day for us may not ping on the meter at all the next day. Or something that pings low one day might ping high two days later. A few common things that will affect how our meter functions are things like whether or not we've gotten enough sleep, whether or not we're hungry, whether or not we just got into an argument with our partner. So a large variety of circumstances influence how our meter operates. If we are under chronic stress or chronic fatigue or chronic physical pain due to illness or injury or chronic anxiety, our meter is likely to be overcalibrated to the point that really small things may cause our dial to ping in the high range. So our meter is not static. It's not fixed in place. 
which is why there is no end to the work that we can do in this arena. Our meter is always changing because we're always changing and the world is always changing. <clears throat> so <clears throat> after developing our comfort, our discomfort meter awareness, we can slowly start to practice taking small steps outside of our comfort zone on purpose. And I really want to emphasize the word slow and small. I'm a big practitioner and proponent of thinking and working small. In my own experience, when I've tried taking big leaps outside of my comfort zone, I tend to cause more harm than good to and for myself. The more we invest time and energy into honing our discomfort meter awareness, the more able we will be to discern the difference between what a small step looks like for ourselves and what a flying leap is. And again, this is a super personal investigation process. So please try not to measure your meter with someone else's or match your yardstick to someone else's. When we practice to take small steps outside of our comfort zone on purpose, we are putting ourselves in the driver's seat of our own experience. And doing this allows us to take full responsibility for how we show up in the world. Comfort zone expansion work is an arena of self-empowerment. It's an arena which helps us to be an active, participa- an active participant in generating a strong and healthy foundation of well-being. Because the more room we have to move around and operate in with a sense of personal agency, the greater our ability is to meet the moment where it's at and to make conscious decisions about how we want to live and be. So to help further illustrate what I'm talking about a little bit more here, a couple of small steps that I've taken outside of my comfort zone are as follows. So as I mentioned, sitting in a bare metal folding chair pings low for me on the discomfort meter. So I will sometimes choose to sit in a bare metal folding chair, when I, especially when I have the option not to. And so it can really be just as simple as that. I want to mention here that I don't overdo it. I don't, uh, I don't sit in that chair all day, and I also won't seek out that chair every time I need to sit down. So I take small steps. Something I've done in the past when it comes to group singing here at Deer Park, which as I reported earlier, tends to ping in the high range of the meter for me, is I've showed up to the song circles rather than avoid them. And I just stood there not singing. Now this is how this is how I started in with this particular one many years ago. I would show up to the song circles and just not sing. And now I want to be really clear here here that that was also really uncomfortable to do. <laughs> okay, but it was a small step that I could identify that I could take in the direction of slowly expanding my comfort zone when it came to group singing. Now, I'll report that uh, as an update. 
I'm at, I'm at the point now, and I've been at this point for a while now, where I can go, I go to the song circles, and I can actually sing, and I can enjoy other people singing, and um, and it's not like a hellish, terrible time. It's still uncomfortable every single time for me, um, and I, and some days uh, are easier than others for me to <laughs> to go and do the singing. Okay, so I'm still a work in progress on this, but I've come a long way. <clears throat> Many of us have been deeply conditioned to avoid, manage, distract, or drown feelings of discomfort at all costs that we don't have the ability to ascertain when discomfort is a normal part of being human, when it's based on something minor, intolerable, and when it points to needing to take action in regards to something happening that is genuinely not okay for us. Discomfort as it relates to a normal part of being human involves things like learning something new, developing intimacy and closeness with people, encountering change, feeling anger or sadness or confusion or fear. These are all inherently uncomfortable. So discomfort doesn't automatically mean something is wrong and in need of fixing or distracting or squelching. Sometimes feelings of discomfort are a normal, natural part of the experience of being human. Examples of minor, tolerable discomforts might include things like waiting at a stoplight or needing to go to the grocery store when we really don't feel like leaving the house. Feelings of discomfort can also mean that immediate actions need to be made to remedy a certain situation. Discomfort can tip us off to when it's time to change course or remove ourselves from the room or speak up about something that's important to us. So I don't want to give the impression that discomfort is solely centered around mundane things like metal folding chairs and group singing. As you can see, there's a lot of depth and breadth when it comes to working in the arena, which is why awareness and personal investigation are key. There's a lot more to unpack in this arena, but hopefully this was a helpful start. So I want to close with a poem by Rumi called The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. <clears throat>